بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين على اله وصحبه اجمعين اللهم انا نسالك علما نافعا ورزقا طيبا وعملا متقبلا اللهم ربنا زدنا علما Dear brothers, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Continuing where we have started already, we are talking about the self-purification and the importance of that have been discussed in the last few days. Tonight we'll talk about the fourth part of food for the hearts. And again to say, this terminology could not be so clear to some brothers. What do we mean by heart food? Does the, 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 the heart, heart eat? No. It's the case of the mental food that really will make the self of the human being, the heart of the human being, is really good and clear, good enough and pure, so it will deserve to be in Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put us all in Jannah. So, what is this important food we need really to talk about is the case of the dua or ad dua. And again in Arabic we say Dua Ad-Dua Not Al-Dua It's Ad-Dua because this Lam is called Shamsiya Lam Shamsiya Because Ash-Shams We don't say Al-Shams While we say Al-Qamar Which is correct right. However this is The case of Dua Is the case is known by most of Muslims They know it Of course every Muslim will make Dua But but we need to talk about the case of dua in here at some point that the Muslim really need to know and remember. In the paper you have, or you will have inshallah, later on, uh, we have mentioned some ayahs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us to make dua. And there are also some hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam telling us to make dua and yani, pushing us to make dua. First, of all, dua is to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To ask Allah for what? As you will see later on. Dua is an important case that Muhammad sallallahu as you will see later on in the hadith, he said sallallahu alayhi So ibadah, worshipping is in dua. Dua is the ibadah. So in this case, let's see it piece by piece so we can really talk about how this dua will really affect the heart to be more pure and to be more good for Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take us all to Jannah. Listen to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us in this ayah in uh, the surah of Ghafir, ayah number 60, the meaning of this ayah is, and Allah, your Lord said, invoke me. In Arabic, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in his holy book, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ ادْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي سَيَدْخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ And you know that the orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must be obeyed for those people who want to go to Jannah and be safe from hellfire. And you remember when we talked about the taqwa, we said that taqwa is to do what Allah told us to do and to refrain from doing what Allah told us not to do so we will be muttaqeen. In this case, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ordering us to make dua. So we are supposed to obey him subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ ادْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ An order this ayah to us to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he, then subhanahu wa ta'ala, after ordering us to do dua, he promised us with ijabah or answer. وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ ادْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ Subhanallah, as soon as we make dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make ijabah or answering us. That means, and he is subhanahu wa ta'ala capable of everything, as soon as we make our dua, he subhanahu wa ta'ala will answer us. Of course, not every dua as we will say later on, but that is a promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that when we call him, he will answer us. Then he calls this dua as ibadah. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي He calls dua here as ibadah. And he subhanahu wa ta'ala made this asking as ibadah. And also subhanahu wa ta'ala he is giving what they, what they want. So although we are asking him things that we need, still he is counting this for us as ibadah. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي So he made 
or he calls ibadah as he calls dua as ibadah which is really a big grace from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most generous subhanahu wa ta'ala and the other ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us which is in Surah Al-Baqarah 186 the meaning of ayah and when my slaves ask you وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَى يعني Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam if my slaves the meaning of this ayah if my slaves ask you O Muhammad about me tell them that I am so close answering the order or the request or the dua of my slaves as soon as they call me I'm answering وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانِ فَلِيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ and the hadith which is narrated by At-Tirmidhi that Abu Hurairah said that Muhammad said the meaning of that is he who do not ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala get angry with him مَنْ لَمْ يَسْأَلْ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى يَغْضَبْ عَلَيْهِ this is an Arabic verse or translation مَنْ لَمْ يَسْأَلْ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى يَغْضَبْ عَلَيْهِ يعني those people who do not ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah will be angry with them Subhanallah. Yani we are ordered to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us in his hadith that those people who do not ask Allah, Allah will be angry with them. Man lam yas'al Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yaghbab alayhi. Here comes the question. Why? Although there is no why in here and we are not supposed to ask why Allah told us this, why Allah Muhammad told us this, but if we have the wisdom, then we can take it. What is the wisdom behind that Allah will be angry with those people who do not ask him? Two reasons. This person who do not ask Allah, whether he is, or either he is despondent, he's, he's not going to ask because he does have no, no wish or no hope of answering Allah and that's Qunut, Qunut is not allowed in Islam. Or he is arrogant, too high nose to ask Allah, Billah. Both of them are really falling into major sin. Unut or Kibr. Both of them are major sins. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be angry with those people who are falling into this. That's why subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in some other sins that he cursed the people who drink alcohol or cursed the people who kill other Muslims and so on. So to avoid this, we are supposed to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every case. And so, any could be strange for us, but not strange for Sahaba, by the way. Abdullah ibn Umar ibn Khattab, radiallahu anhuma, he said, I used to ask Allah ta'ala everything, even milhah, even salt. I asked Allah to give me salt. Salt, for one real, you have three kilos. But still, Abdullah ibn Umar, he is asking Allah even salt. Everything he wants, he asks Allah first. Then Allah ta'ala will give him, or help him out to find the way to get this salt. If you cannot, if Allah decides that you cannot get this salt, you will not get it. If you, even if you have one million riyals, even if you have salt all around the world, still you cannot get it. If Allah does not want you to get it. If Allah decided that you cannot get the salt, you will not get it. You know, some people think, okay, I have the money in here, and the salt is in the, in, in the supermarket. What stops me from buying it? Lots of things. If Allah decides that you cannot get it, you, won't, you cannot get it. So, first of all, before you go for things you want to take, ask Allah to make, make it easy for you to get it. So, both of these guys, the arrogant and the other one who is despondent, despondent both of them are really cursed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, a Tirmidhi, rahimahullah, narrated from An-Nu'man ibn Bashir, radiyallahu anhumah, that Muhammad sallallahu said the meaning of it ad-du'a is the worshipping ad-du'a huwa al-ibadah ad-du'a huwa al-ibadah which is me mentioned just that all of these hadith by the way is correct sahih I have already checked them and I have made that it's already it's correct I made sure that they are correct so ad-du'a is the worshipping yani like you are saying worshipping and du'a are the same so when you make du'a you are making worshipping to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and worshiping, as you know, 
is the case or the way to have your life straightened, to have your judgment day straightened also for you. So we are supposed to make dua more and more. Again a Tirmidhi, narrated to Salman al-Farisi radiallahu anhu, that Muhammad sallallahu said, the meaning of it, Allah is the most gracious. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. That hadith actually is a very important hadith the Muslim should really think of. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as we'll see later on in, in the, in the um, results of dua. Muhammad sallallahu tells us in this hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, hayyun kareem, the most generous subhanahu wa ta'ala. He do not lift his slave when he raises his hand to him subhanahu wa ta'ala. He do not let him send back his hand down without getting something. Subhanallah. Just imagine this now. And if you are in front of a human being and you say, please give me, maybe he will give you. Maybe you will bring back your hand without with freezing, nothing. Empty. Right? With Allah, there is no way. As soon as you put your hand up and ask Allah, you will never return your hand back. Empty. No way. No way to be empty. I will see this inshallah when we talk about the results of dua later on in the end of the day. Then comes the case after we know the importance of dua in our life. Put in mind also one more important case. We are talking about self-purification. What is the connection between dua and self-purification? That's one of the ways to purify ourselves is to make dua. More dua, more dua. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala everything. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for money. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for children. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make your children good children. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make your wife good wife. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you jannah. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anything. Whatever in your mind you want with this life or in the judgment day, ask Allah. Because He is the only one who is capable of everything and giving you what you want. Put this in mind always. You may ask the manager or general manager or the king or the president and so on for something and he may give you. But Allah is the only one subhanahu wa ta'ala capable of everything. So if you ask him, he will give you subhanahu wa ta'ala. What are the manners of dua? The manners means we will see how to make dua. How to make dua. Somebody say, if I raise my hand and ask Allah. Okay, fine. But there are some good manners we have to put in mind when we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Usually if you want to go and meet some important person, general manager or president or minister and so on, they teach you some ways to talk to him. You can't come to the office of the general manager or to the office of the president or the king and say, hey, give me this. Can you do this? That's impossible. Directly they will kick the person out. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the greatest subhanahu wa ta'ala, nobody is like him. How are we supposed to deal with Allah when we come to talk to him subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask him for things for us? Okay. There are some best times we should use when we make dua. Like what? Like Arafah. The day of Arafah, the ninth of the Hijjah, if you are in Hajj, even if you are not in the Hajj, but if you are in the Hajj, of course, it's more important. That's the one of the best times to ask Allah. And that's possible to receive what you have asked directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also in Ramadan. Ramadan, a month of grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Graces of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's one of the best times. Also, the day of Jum'ah. Also, one of the best times to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are, of course, upon hadith, upon ayahs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, all showing us that these are the best times for dua. Also, there are third of the night. When a person stands alone in the darkness, maybe, nobody knows about him. Not the wife, not the children, not the people, not the, the colleagues, not anybody except him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Standing in front of him, Asking him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not generous to give what he wants? Wallahi subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most generous subhanahu wa ta'ala. If the person, if the Muslim really did his best on satisfying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very generous with him, he will give him what he wants. That's regarding the time. What about the status? 
The best status is while raining. When the rain comes, Muhammad Sallallahu told us that dua is going to be answered by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. These are one of the status or that where you can make dua when the rain comes. Subhanallah. There is a hadith clear on this. Inshallah, we'll talk about it later on if we could. Uh, also, why sujood? the hadith of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, the most, the meaning of the hadith is the most closest status to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is when the, the slave is in sujood. Now, let's just imagine, why is this sujood one of the best status that the person can ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala? What is the most important thing on your body? The face, the nose and the forehead. That's why you always you raise them up. You don't make them down except for Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. Of course the true Muslim. Some people they make it down for everybody. No. This is only for Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. Always keep your face up. Never put your head to anybody except for Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. Now when your most important part of your body is down in the earth for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then you are so close to Allah that's what Muhammad told us in the hadith أقرب ما يكون العبد من ربه you are in the status where you are so close to Allah because you are down there is no arrogance in here no feeling at all except that we, I am a slave of Allah I am so humble to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will answer your request أقرب ما يكون العبد من ربه وهو ساجد فأكثروا فيه الدعاء ميك مور دعاء ذاك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم فقاملين أن يستجاب لك يعني so close that Allah will answer you also between أذان and إقامة when أذان is on finished خلاص and before إقامة this time is very important time that you should make a lot of dua because this is where Allah also will answer the request of his slaves and so on. How to make dua? Same question again. How to be when you make dua? There are some certain more certain important points we have to put them in mind. One of them is to be certain when you make dua. What do you mean by certain? There is a hadith of Muhammad Sallam, he told us. Don't say Allahumma ghfir li inshaat. لا تقول اللهم اغفر لي شيء. لا يقول أحدكم اللهم اغفر لي إنشاء. يعني يا الله فرجمي if you like. That's the meaning of the hadith. إيش هذا؟ No, be certain. Be pushy. Big. Allah سبحانه وتعالى نتهم به. يا الله please forgive me. Forgive me يا الله. Forgive. There is a strong request. But if you say يا الله you want to forgive me, go ahead. If you don't, it's up to you. إيش هذا؟ Nothing like this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is capable of doing everything. No, no need or is wrong to say so. That's why you hear some Muslims, unfortunately, they are using insha'Allah in the wrong place. Jazakallah khair insha'Allah. Allah yahdik insha'Allah. Ghafar Allah laki insha'Allah. Insha'Allah, not insha'Allah in here. Insha'Allah is not in here. Insha'Allah for the future, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Surah Al-Kahf. وَلَا تَقُولَنَّ لِشَيْءٍ إِنِّي فَاعِلٌ ذَلِكَ غَدًا إِلَّا إِيَّا يعني don't say I will do this tomorrow unless you say inshallah because for future you didn't know but for dua don't say inshallah make a certain dua Ya Allah forgive me Ya Allah forgive me make a push in here put more request like you are really truly begging but this begging will make you higher while begging a human being will make you down subhanallah see the difference now the difference between begging human beings and begging the greater subhanahu wa ta'ala the great the greatest subhanahu wa ta'ala Big difference. So a Muslim who is big Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will make raise up. But the people who are arrogant with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will make them down. Same as Qarun. As you remember the story of Qarun, Allah mentioned this in Surah Nath al-Qafas, the one before. I forgot the name. He mentioned in his story that he was having money, that the keys of the locks of the money cannot be carried by one person. We're talking about the keys. Of course, not our keys like now. They are big keys that time. But group of people hardly carry his keys of the money which is locked. 
that man was all arrogant and he said that I got this money not because of Allah but because of my smart head so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala smash him in earth also Fir'aun when he saw that he is controlling Egypt and he is having all of these things money and rivers and so on he was so arrogant so arrogant Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put him down and made the water walk in front of him so Allah made the water goes on top of him he said that the water comes under me Allah made the water comes over him on him so he died so be certain when you make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also try to be in tahara try to be after wudu yani making dua in any time is accepted no problem but it will be better if you are in tahara also every dua you make don't make it one time خلاص. Allahumma ghafir li and go no ya habib make it Allahumma ghafir li Allahumma ghafir li Allahumma ghafir li at least three times Muhammad sallallahu used to do this three times usually his dua sallallahu is made three times why just imagine if someone comes to say please give me money then he goes خلاص مع السلام who cares and say yes give me money please give me money please give. then he is really insisting so he needs so we also should insist to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the greatest subhanahu wa ta'ala ask him and insist ya Allah Allahumma ghafir li Allahumma ghafir li Allahumma ghafir li that's why you say in between two sajdas Allahumma ghafir li Allahumma ghafir li in sujood in ruku' subhana rabbi al-azim subhana rabbi al-azim subhana rabbi al-azim and make dua so try always to make your dua three times which is the best also when you want to make dua Allahumma ghafir li fine that's okay but Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam heard the person asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he said directly at this Allahumma ghafir li Allahumma ghafir li he said this ajila hadha this guy is so quick so he and he told us he taught us how to make dua by first of all thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alhamdulillah Allahumma ya rabbi laka alhamd then make salat al rasulullah Allahumma salli ala muhammad then ask what you want then finish with salat ala Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa so dua now raising hands thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala making salat al rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa then asking what I want then I close with sallallahu alayhi wa muhammad wa alayhi wa that's the best way of making dua now also a person should have a halal food Abandi hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas radiallahu anhu came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Ya Rasulullah make dua for me that my dua will be always accepted mustajab al-da'wah so did, what did Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say? he said atib mat'amaka takun mujab al-da'wah make your food halal in every side your da'wah will be accepted because one of the reasons to stop da'wah from being accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the haram food haram money haram clothes from where we get this from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he said that a man who is so tired traveling all around and all these things now he is supposed to be accepted da'wah in here but his food is haram his clothes is haram فَأَنَّا يُسْتَجَابُ لَهُ no way to be accepted subhanallah although he has then all the reasons that his da'wah will be accepted but his food was haram so he is not going to be accepted his da'wah will not be accepted food haram yeah, because his body is built with haram this body will be going to hellfire the other hadith said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ayyuma jasad nabata min al-haram fannaru awlabah anybody built on haram jahannam is where it's going to go subhanallah al-abid so dua with halal food then you can make dua easily and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept inshallah also no hassan or no hassan if you say what the worst one don't rush don't say I called Allah he did not answer me he did not answer me khalat stop no continue calling continue asking once twice three times four times don't stop always continue because Allah loves people who are big and the hadith of which mentioned that Jibreel alayhi salam 
was told by Allah Ta'ala, don't answer such and such slave, wait. I want to hear his dua. Subhanallah, Allah is telling Jibreel not to give this slave what he wants. Why? Because he, Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, wants to hear his begging. Allah loves to hear this begging of this person. Because he's a good person. So Allah tells Jibreel not to rush on giving this person what he wants. So do not feel that Allah I cannot continue. I am tired. I have tried. I made so much dua. So dua. Allah did not answer me. I will stop. No, this is wrong. Continue. Continue. Maybe one year, two years. No problem. Since you are making the dua, you are getting better. You are getting good deeds. Even if you do not get what you want. Just you are making the dua, you are gaining good deeds. So continue. Continue good deeds. Do more good deeds. Ya Allah, Allah Mahdurdi, Allah Mahdurdi. Maybe Allah Ta'ala will not answer you once, twice, three times, ten times, one year, two years, but one day He will answer you. But while you are asking, Allah is giving you ajah for that. Good deeds for that. So your scale will be heavier with this dua because it's worshiping, as we said in the hadith of Muhammad Sallam, al dua wal ibadah. Also, part of the case is to raise the hand. Subhanallah, raising the hand. Yeah, it makes the person feel that he wants to get closer to Allah. Ya Allah, Ya Allah. It's a big So this is part of it. To raise the hands when you make dua. Also, if you can make dua towards the qibla. Yeah, when you make dua, you are facing the qibla and you making dua. If you gather all of these things, then dua, inshallah, will be accepted and Allah Taala will give you what you requested. That's about the manners of dua. The last case of the dua in here we're talking about is the result of dua. But before this, I have to mention one case. Some people really having a problem or a hesitation of when am I supposed to raise my hand for dua? One of the wrong places or wrong times for raising hands is after the fard salah. I have noticed all of all Muslim brothers, when they make salah, they make like this and make dua. Why we say it's incorrect? Because we have the, the rule whatever things that not done by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa which is ibadah, we're not supposed to do it. He did not do it, he did not ask us to do it. He did not ask us to do it. No, none of the Sahaba has done it and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam accepted that. So, no, it's incorrect to raise the hands after fard salah. But after sunnah, yes, fine. You can raise the hands after sunnah. You can raise hands anytime, but not after fard. As we agreed in the, before that the, the rule is that what is not done by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was not told by Muhammad to do what is not done by the Sahaba and accepted by Muhammad we are not supposed to do it in the case of Ibadah otherwise if we do a Ibadah that is not done by Muhammad or not ordered by Muhammad or not done by the Sahaba then it is in coming into the case of Bid'ah or Novelty or Innovation which is rejected by Muhammad Results of the dua. Subhanallah, this is a very important case and this is in hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam which is mentioned, which is sahih hadith in the targheed of targheed by Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, meaning of it, any Muslim ask Allah, Allah ta'ala will give him one of two, one three things. One of three things. Now, notice this very important point to put in mind so those people will not get tired that they make dua Allah did not answer them. Whenever you have, whenever a Muslim making good dua, good dua because sometimes bad dua is not accepted, of course. If you make dua, Ya Allah, make this person as the Sallallahu Or, Ya Allah, make this person poor person. Why? Your brother in Islam, why you call dua for him to make him poor? But if it's good dua, Ya Allah, Allahumma ghafir li, Allahumma arhamni, Allahumma unsur al-Islam, al-Muslimin, Allah. Good dua. Then if you make this good dua, you are going to get well of anything. For sure. Upon this hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which is in Targhiba Targhib. Well of anything you are going to get. First one is, Allah will give you what you have asked. What did you ask? You ask for goodness. Allah may give you forgiveness. You ask money. Allah may give you money. You ask good wife. Allah gives you another wife. Another wife, you have one wife. Okay? If you ask. So Allah may give you. May. Not for sure here. Be careful. Allah may give you what you have requested. Or, the second thing. He will spare for you in the judgment day. 
What do you mean by stir? Yani, you have asked, Allah did not want to give you this, what you have asked, but He will spare it for you on judgment day, it will be heavier on your scale. La ilaha illallah. Because some people may ask things that are going to be bad for them. How is that? Read Surah Tawbah. You will find that story about one man who was always in the message of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Always praying with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Every salah. And he says after salah. And he comes early before salah. Listen to this story. Which is a really scary story. This man came to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They, they used to call him the pigeon of the masjid. What's that? The pigeon of the masjid. He's always in the masjid. You know, the pigeon always in the masjid. They must go. So, they used to call him the pigeon of the masjid. That man. Once he came to Muhammad and said, Allah, ask Allah for me to give me lots of money. Ah, be careful. Not this case. So, Muhammad told him, in the hadith, the meaning of the hadith, a little you can handle better than a lot which will drive you away. So he kept quiet. Later on, he came to Hanukkah and said, Ya Rasulullah, ask Allah to give me more money. A lot of money. So he gave him the same answer. The third time, the man is insisting, insisting now. So Muhammad made dua for him. He called Allah for him to give him a lot of money. And the man got some money. And the money was raising up quickly. Lots of sheep, lots of cows, lots of camels. Then he starts to get busy with this money. So he now is not coming for every salah with jama'ah. He's praying with his animals there outside of Medina. Later on, he comes only for jama'ah. More money, he cannot even come for jama'ah. Because he was going far and far looking for food for his animals. Ah. Later on, years later, Muhammad sent a man to gather zakah. So they stood by this man and they said, give your zakah, zakah to your money. He said, how much? They said, this much and much much. He said, okay, go around, take the zakah to the others and come back, leave me in the, in the last. So they did. They went to the others and they gathered zakah and they came to him. When they came to him, after he cal- calculated how much zakah he will pay, too much. So he said, Mahdi, Allah, go Mahdi Zakah. Na'udhu Billah. So Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned him in the Holy Quran that he is a hypocrite. Listen to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, Allah hypocrisy in his heart after he was the pigeon of the mist. Why? Because he requested things that bad for him. He wanted a lot of money. Although Allah knew and Muhammad knew that it will hurt him, but he never, he still resisted on that thing. So always ask things that was good for you on Judgment Day, especially and now. That Allah will direct you to Hidayah. Allah will give you more Hidayah. Allah will give your children Hidayah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will direct you to the correct way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will uh, make you uh, yani rich enough not to be needing the other. Only Allah. You need Allah only subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this case, this is what we call a good dua. So, this will be spared to you in the Judgment Day if it's not good for you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows better. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows better. So if you ask more money, Allah no, maybe knows, he knows that this will hurt you. So he will not give you this money, but he will spare your dua and judgment day. Third thing, or third result for dua is that Allah will cancel equal and equal quantity of evil things which come to you in Qadr. Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may have already decided that you're going to face such and such tragedies or troubles. If you make a lot of dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will push back these things from you. Clearly in the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لا يرد Tragedies will not be pushed and accepted with dua. The other hadith that dua and tragedy are scrambling, pushing each other in the sky. Yani if there is a qadr that you don't have a tragedy, or someone, not you of course, someone is going to have a tragedy and he makes a lot of dua, this dua will push away this tragedy to stop it from falling into the person. Allah may move this tragedy because of the dua. 
Now, after these three results, Sahaba, when they heard the hadith, said, Ya Rasulullah, we'll make a lot of dua then. We'll make a lot of dua. So Muhammad said, Allahu Akhtar. Yani what Allah has is more what you have. You make more dua, Allah will give you more. So make dua. Doesn't have to that dua will get you what you want. Maybe you will ask a fantastic place until you die. But Allah wants to give you some sickness because He wants to raise you up in your good deeds. Remember the hadith of Muhammad that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Inna Allah idha habba abdan ibtalah. And if Allah loves one of his slaves, He will give him some tragedy. Why? Hatta la yada'ahu yamshi ala al-ard wa alayhi khatiya. So all of his bad deeds will be erased because of his sickness. So he will be clean. He will come to his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala in judgment day clean. All his bad deeds have been erased because of these tragedies he is facing. He is losing money, he is losing children, he is losing this. No problem. These things, just put in mind that these things are good for you when you face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with these things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not hurt you just like Allah says. Will not subhanahu wa ta'ala hurt you just because he wants to hurt you. He subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you this just to make your level in Jannah is higher. Also, if he is going to raise your sins, he is also giving you maybe more tragedies to make your level in Jannah higher. Because as you remember, as you know, that Jannah is level. Jannah is not the same level. Muhammad sallallahu and his brothers and Nabiyyin are high, high, high above. Poor people like us, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Jannah, maybe three level still. But if you make more dua and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you some tragedies, that means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to raise you up. In the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Allah decided a level in Jannah for his slave that his slave, this slave cannot reach it with his deeds. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him some tragedies so he will be patient, so he will have higher level in Jannah. Allah Akbar. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us one of these three, then we are winners if we make dua. We are always. When you deal with Allah, you are always the winner. When you deal with Allah, put this in mind, when you deal with Allah, you are always winner. You never lose. Just continue to deal with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always ask Him. Beg Him. He loves you when you beg Him. But if you, if you beg one of your parents, subhanAllah, even if your son, and just imagine that your son is a millionaire. And every day, every other day, every week, he tells your son, give me money, give me money. He will get sick. You are just always begging. SubhanAllah, he is your son. You have raised him, you have raised him since he was a young, and since he was a very, very young, still he's feeling sick of your so much begging. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not the same way. He loves people who beg him. He loves people who beg him, beg him a lot. Ask him, always in your sujood, in your house, and you, Ya Allah, Allah maghfirli, Allah marhamni, Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim, Ya, always. So he, you will be closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your heart will be purified because of dua. Your heart will be purified, your soul will be purified. Because of dua, you will get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is why we say dua is number four on the case of the food of the heart to purify the sins. Hopefully it's clear. If you have any questions, I'm ready to hear from you. Yes, sir. What about it? Yeah. Uh, our brother here is asking about the case of Salat al-Sikhar. What is it? Of course, it's known to you that istikhara means you are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to direct you to the, to the best. Yeah, yeah, example. You are thinking of marriage. And you have already, in your mind, chose that such and such girl. And you just, you just know about the future. Is she going to be good? Is she going to be this or that? You don't know. So what you are going to do? You are going to ask people. No, it's better to ask Allah. How is that? By istikhara. Salat al-Istikhara, as you know, two rak'ahs, you read in the first, or you start in the first rak'ah, al-Fatiha, then, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ Then second rak'ah, you recite al-Fatiha, then, you recite, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ And the rest, of course, as usual, for Kuwait, Jewel, and so on. And after salam, salam alaykum wa rahmatullahi you raise your hand, and you make the dua that we have been taught by Muhammad to say, Allah man yastakhiruka bi'ilmik wa astakhiruka bi'qudratik wa astakhirukum fadrika al-azim fa innaka ta'lam wa la a'lam up to the end of the hadith. Remember the hadith try to gain the meaning of it and ask Allah. 
This istikhara, that means you are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to direct you to the best. And if Allah is directing you, you will never lose. You will never lose the, the way, you will be in the right track. So always, whenever you are facing something you are not sure about, case of marriage, case of new contract, case of new house, case of new car, yeah, and you want to buy a car, mashallah, Allah gave you some money, and you are thinking of a car. Shall I buy this new kind, or this kind, or this kind, I don't know. Go and ask Allah and he will direct you. One more case, Should, يعني, how, am, how am I going to know what's the list for me after istikhara? It's the case of your heart, your heart will direct you. Allah subhanahu wa will send you your heart, your heart away of direction. Sometimes you don't feel this in the beginning, you can't do it again. It's okay to do istikhara again and again, no problem. But you will find in your heart that you are liking this thing after you made istikhara, go ahead for it, inshallah, it's the direction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Can you hold us after first prayer, we cannot pray immediately. But after some tazweel, like Sadiqiyah, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, and some dua, then we can pray or? No, no, keep, keep, it, keep it away from fard. Because, yani, if you want to do it without any connection with fard, because people think that, I have seen so many people, they think that as soon as you say, Salaamu Alaikum, they raise their hand, or after they make some tazweel, they make their hand. That's not done by Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And since it's not done by Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we're not supposed to do it. We are supposed to do what Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us to do. We have been told by Sahaba, Rabbiullah Anhum, that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam never raised his hand after first. But he raised his hand sometimes after nothing. Sunnah. Yani he prays two rak'ahs after Dhuhr, which is Rakhila, Sunnah Rakhila. Or he prays uh, two, four rak'ahs after Isha. Then he raised his hand. Fine. But not after first. Even after tasbih, take a time at least. And at least if you make tasbih and relax a little bit, then you raise your hand, no problem. If you are in the message and you want to raise it, no problem. But not directly after salah, al-farad, or finishing the dhikr, or tasbih. Yes. A few days before I sent one hadith, a few days before, and I also I read in one book, there is, Allah decided for us, this is whatever we, uh, in our nasib, how much I want, I earn, how, where I will die, everything is decided by Allah. Okay. Why should we make dua? <laughs> because Muhammad told you. You are, and you are supposed. Allah told you and Muhammad told you to make dua. Can you reject? You have to obey. Obey him. Obey Allah and obey Muhammad and do it. Because Sahaba said the same thing almost. They say, Ya Rasulullah, we have already been decided for us what's going to happen in our life. Why we make dua? He said, No. Make dua. Make request to Allah Do actions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will direct to the correct way. It could be. But actually you're doing now is also qadr. Yani just you, you, when you hear adhan, you stand up and you go and make wudu and you come to the masjid. This is qadr. And it's already decided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you had the will inside to do it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of you in this case. Although it's decided not only while you are in your mother's womb. No, it was that 50,000 years before the earth and, and the heavens are created. Okay, there's no problem. Uh, raising the hands anyway. I mean, if you raise it like this, but there is one way which is known by Muhammad like, like this, is only on requesting, and we call it tisqa, requesting rain. Requesting rain, and it's tisqa, salah, you do like this, after salah. And they, this is in the top. But regular dua, just raise hands. And if you do it like this, or do it like this, or do it like this, it's all right. Uh, but, huh? You have something about this same case? This one for rain. The question is, is this qaq? Yes. Second question that during the Friday's uh, before Maghrib Salah, ah. uh, people said that uh, it's best time to make the dua. No, yes. this time for Salat of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because there is a hadith of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that Yawm al there is one hour, uh, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala will hear any yani, um, slaves making dua, he will give him what he wants. So make Salat on me. أكثر من الصلاة والسلام عليه فيه make more صلاة on محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم in the last hour of جمعة yes before المغرب make the, 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 more, the most you can اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى as much as you can because every salah you're making Allah is taking care of you also in that it's better for, for, for your dua يعني أبندي حديث of um, لا إله إلا الله جابر بن عبد الله he said how much should I make to you, Ya Rasulullah, from my salah. 
He said, as you like. He said, uh, third of it, he said, as you like. And if you make more, it's better. He said, half of it, he said, as you like. And if you make more, it's better for you. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I'll make uh, three-fourths of it for you. He said, as you like. But if you make more, it's better for you. He said, I'll make all my salah for you, Ya Rasulullah. He said, Allah, then Allah Ta'ala will take care of you without asking. Yani just if you make salah on Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, most of your time, Allah will give you what you want without asking. Yes, your, that question? Exactly. Yes. Hayyakallah, yes. You are most welcome, yes. Uh, let me try to find you the papers we have already separate so we can get it. Otherwise, we'll find your way to get this. But that's one condition. If you promise to come next time. Yes, sir. I want to know if something You forget what? Something you have but Ah. Is there a dua for forgetting? I can't remember. <laughs> I have no idea. There's maybe there is dua, but I don't know, yes. With, not, not instead of. With saying Subhan Rabbi al-A'la, at least one time, better three times, you can make a lot of dua. Especially if you are praying alone. But if you are behind an imam, you have to follow the imam. But suppose you are doing sunnah, okay, especially at home. And if you remember the hadith of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said that the best of, and the meaning of the hadith is, the best salah of a man is to be in house, except the farb. So when you do the farb, and you go home to make the two rak'ahs after the like after the maghrib or after the isha, do it at home, so your children will see you, will learn from you. Plus you will have more ikhlas, sincerity. Also, you will have your time easily, so you can make a lot of du'a. So when you make sujood, especially, in the, alone in your house, your office at the house, or your room at the house, make a lot of dua. Allah is more generous than anything else. We can pray this dua in our language also? Ah, no. No. <laughs> the case of, of using the language, I remember Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah, used to say it is allowed in Parisian, to pray in Parisian. Then he changed his mind later on after some people discussed with him. He said, no, salah should be in Arabic. Dua, I cannot really say. Is it, يعني, your salah should be in Arabic, of course. يعني, like uh, saying Allahu Akbar, dua uh, al-istitah, you can, subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik, bismillahir rahmanir rahim, alhamdulillahir rabbil alamin, fatiha, surah, subhan rabbi al-a'la, subhan rabbi al-azim, and the rukuh and the sujood. But can you ask in your language? I cannot really say. I can't really. Uh, I, I run away from answering things that I don't know. What in rukuh and sujood can you say, subhanakallahu wa rahmanir Yes, this is dua, because this is said by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. After that, uh, after this surah, after this surah, after this surah, our mother Asha said that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, after he received this surah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after this surah, 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 Upon this ayah. So he's making the ayah as dua. Upon the order of Allah. After three times. Yes, minimum. Three times is the best. If you make them one time, it's a But three times is the best. No, not said. No, good. Subhanahu wa bilayana is not much. Then after that, you can. Not instead of the dua. The dua is not instead of the Subhanahu wa bilayana. No. Subhanahu wa bilayana. Salat al-Sabih. Okay, this is bid'ah. Bid'ah? Yes. Salat al-Sabih, there is no good hadith to say that Muhammad Sallallahu has done it. I know I heard a lot of uh, Muslim scholars, unfortunately, they say it is good salah. But there is no good hadith. No good hadith. Maybe there is weak or maybe lied hadith to say, but there is no good hadith that Muhammad Sallallahu has done it or ordered us to do it. You'll find more than that. When some Saudi Arabs are asking you for kufr. Saudi Arabs are not the Rasulullah Sallallahu Rasulullah was not Saudi Arabia. Rasulullah Sallallahu was the messenger of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and we should take what he told us. Find me a hadith, I'll do it tonight. Find me a correct hadith. 
Yani or, what's your system is this? Find me a hadith of Rasulullah or ayah for Quran, I'll do it tonight. Directly, because, yani, subhanallah, obeying the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the book, وَأَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُوا الرَّسُولَ أطيعوا here, the word in Arabic, أَطِيعُوا is an order. And we have no other choice to, answer, to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Obey Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم also, independently also. So if we have a hadith that Muhammad has done it or told us to do it, we do it directly. But that hadith has to be correct, authentic. Not any, any hadith. Some people they take any hadith, yalla. And you find millions of hadith which is right. And quick, very weak. And you cannot take weak hadith or very weak hadith or light hadith and follow it. Otherwise we will be full of bid'ah or novelty. So because this hadith which is said about the case of Salat al tasabih is very weak hadith. Cannot be carried on this case. So what about the Salat al-Hajjah? Different between Hajjah and Salat al-Hajjah? Salat al-Hajjah is Salat that you are going to ask Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala after what you need. But it has to be an abundant hadith. Check the hadith which is said about Salat al-Hajjah. If it's authentic, then you follow it and you do it the way that's possible. That's Salat al-Istikhar. Salat al-Istikhar we are doing it just because there is a clear hadith of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam how to do it. Hadith of Ibn Mas'ud, he said, Salat al-Hajjah, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you take our hands between his hands and say, he was he used to teach us how to do salat istikhar. Otherwise, if we cannot find the authentic hadith, we cannot do the ibadah. You, you will not recommend hajat salah is. Uh, find the hadith. Is there a hadith? Then I'll follow. Is the hadith is the authentic? Then how it's done? That's the case. You have to find the authentic hadith on the, the salat itself and the way of the salat. Because it's not only to obey on doing the thing without knowing how to do it also. The way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa We said, only for Allah, the way of Rasulullah. These are two conditions for any ibadah or worshiping God. Yes. Okay, uh, yes. So, okay, if you come to the regular dua, yes. A regular dua, yes. No What's that? Okay, Salat al-Stikhara is not, you do two regular rak'ahs. Okay, in the time where it's allowed to make Salat, of course. Yani like uh, after the Dhuhr, but not after the Asr, until the Maghrib, after the Maghrib, yes, after the Isha, yes, until the Fajr, Adhan al-Fajr. You do two rak'ahs. First rak'ah, after you say, Dua al-Sitah, Allah Akbar, Dua al-Sitah, then you make Aul Lam Shaitan Rajim, Bismillah Rahim, Surah Al-Fatiha. Okay. Then you recite the first rak'ah, you recite after that, Surah Qul Ya Ayyuhal Kafirun. Then you make ruku' sujood and so on, the second rak'ah you stand up, you recite Al-Fatiha again, you recite Qul Huwa Allahu Ahad, then you do ruku' sujood, then tashahud, salam alaykum wa Then after salam, you raise your hand and say this dua, which is Allahumma an yasakhirk li ilmik, until the end of the dua. What's that? Dua? As we said, you, know, you will feel in your heart that Allah is directing you something. If you don't feel anything, go ahead and do it again. Do istikhara again. Only if, only if the Imam. Hmm? Yeah, if the Imam raises his hand, you do. If not, don't. Imam just uh, making dua but not raising hand, you should not. No. And usually Imam, they raise their hands on the case of istighatha, uh, requesting the rain. Allahumma aghithna, Allahumma aghithna. Then you raise your hand. If you, the Imam raises his hand. You don't raise your hand unless the Imam do. Yes. Uh, I guess, uh, I'd like to know that uh, a person who likes to raise some money and he wants that uh, the, the deed of the money should be going to his parents, what's the life? So it's permitted to this kind of... The case of um, giving the ajar of uh, good deeds to the others is not so easy, I'll tell you the truth. Yani. Uh, lots of scholars say that it's not allowed in every case. The only cases that mentioned by Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, like if your parents who have already died, not alive, already died, they have uh, made wasiya that you give uh, this much money to the poor, or you make qurban, as you call it in Urdu, right? which is in Arabic. Okay, then you do it. If there is no wasiya, if you make sadaqah for their sake. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but for their sake, some scholars they say yes, if you make hajj 
for the father or the mother who could not make Hajj, this is another also case. If you make fasting, ah, wait, this is a cannot receive. Fasting, salah, things which is not clear with, with the authentic hadith, then you cannot do. There is authentic hadith in this case, you follow. Always look for it. Always, and don't take the words of this person or any other person or even any sheikh, unless you know from where they get the, the answer, from where they get the, the evidence of Quran and Sunnah. And Abu Hanifa rahimahullah, Shafi'i, Malik, Ahmad ibn Hanbal, all of them they say, take from where we took. Don't depend on these people, they are human beings, they make mistakes. Anybody says that Abu Hanifa or, or Malik or Ahmad ibn Hanbal or Shafi'i are not making mistakes? Astaghfirullah. They are human beings, they make. They said, if you receive one hadith from Muhammad sallallahu throw my words away. That said by Abu Hanifa, said by Malik, Shafi'i, and Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, all of them rahimahullah, they have said this. So, we are required to follow Allah or the Holy Quran or the orders of Muhammad in his hadith. That's it. The other people, we love them. But if they, we have a say of Ibn Hanbal and a say of Rasulullah, who are we going to take? Rasulullah. Although we still love Imam Muhammad ibn Hanbal, but he made a mistake or he did not give this hadith. Maybe he did and this hadith did not reach him. This hadith did not reach him. As an example, Abu Hanifa rahimahullah was born in one. What year? 80 years, Hijriyah. And after the Hijrah, 80 years. And he died at the, the year of 150 Hijriyah. In that time, Hadith was not gathered by Bukhari or Muslim or others. Abu Hanifa gathered some Hadith, Rahimahullah, lots of Hadith, but not all Hadith. Right? So there, had, there is some Hadith, did not reach Abu Hanifa at that time, and he made some fatwa, which is not the same as the Hadith, which is, did not reach him. And he's excused, of course. He's excused by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because he did his best, and he was one of the best scholars. Also Shafi'i, also Malik, also Ahmad ibn Hanbal, there's a lot of hadith that teach. And if you remember, the last Imam died was Ahmad ibn Hanbal, in the year of 261, or 264. Okay? Imam Bukhari, and Nasai, Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah, all these Imams, they gathered the hadith after that. Bukhari died 1303, or three, that means after Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, who was last, last Imam of the four, how many years? About 40 years. So just put in mind that they did not. Did Abu Hanifa or Malik or Shafi'i or Ahmad bin Hanbal see Sahih al-Bukhari? No. Sahih muslim No. Did not see it. Because it has been gathered after them. So there are some hadith they did not reach. So all is dependent on what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said. Yes, we love these. Yani, uh, imam, you love the school of thought of this Imam. Yani, madhab, yani, Shafi'i Madhab, Hanbali Madhab, Hanafi Madhab, Maliki Madhab is respected. We love them. Every Muslim should really use one of these Madhab for his life. But, use it, love it, don't stick to it. When Hadith comes, don't say, no, no, I'm Hanbali, I will never change. No, Habibi, this is not the way. That's why some people say, okay, uh, Jannah people are, going, are they going to be Hanafis or Hanbalis or Shafi'is? Mahdi when he comes in the end of the, of, the, of the world, is he going to be Hanafi or Shafi'i or Shafi'is? He will be following Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We are supposed to follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Still we love these Imams, still we think that what they have done is the best, they have done their best, radiallahu anhum rahimahum, but still we say they are not our major Imams. Our major Imam is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sure, sure. Question, what are the questions? Sorry. Okay, as I, as I told you, I said I cannot really say in every case that it is permitted. Imams in this case were not really saying the same thing. Some of them they say yes, you can do this, and this will be accepted inshallah, and the other will go to your parents. Some of them they say no. I can't really say if it's yes or no. You have to check it. So ask some Imam, uh, Sheikh, he will tell you. I, I, I cannot listen. When the Salah is together, so we can pray for the benefits, we can pray for the after that. You will feel in your heart that you are going w more to that one case. Yani, say you want to buy one of two cars. Yeah. You are not sure you to buy yani, high one die or uh, buy Toyota. As an example. And you made istikhara. Later on you will feel, inshallah, that uh, you are feeling that Hyundai is better. So you go and buy it. 
that you feel inside. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help you out in this. If you did not feel anything, still make another istikhar. <coughs> and repeat the salat of istikhar. Yes, brother. Making dua what? During the Jum'ah prayer? After Jum'ah prayer. Not after the fard. Any fard, Jum'ah or any other fard, you don't make dua directly and raise your hand. Always make the dua after Sunnah. Or at least put a period between the salah itself, the fard itself, and the dua. Because if you connect them both together, this will become bid'ah or novelty. Because not done by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa this way. And we are supposed to do the ibadah or the worshipping only for Allah and only the way of Rasulullah. We are not supposed to change the manner of ibadah or the time of the ibadah or the, يعني, make ibadah from scratch from the beginning. We have to do the ibadah the way that Rasulullah told us to do. So did he make dua after Jum'ah prayer or after Ali Farr? Did he raise his hand to do so? No. So we have to stop in here and follow Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as he Bad dua. Bad dua. Is it allowed or not? And if it is allowed to move there, particular person who is in the position, or like, in the position, bad dua. If you mean that to make any, okay, dua for and dua on. Dua for a person or dua on a person. Dua for a person is that you ask Allah for this person to give him such and such. Yani you ask to die for your children. This is dua for a person, right? If you make Dua of Allah Ta'ala to kill the, the Kafir. That's dua on the, the, the other. You got the difference now? You got the difference? For and on. Yeah, and you make dua on them, that Allah Ta'ala will, will hurt them. Muhammad used to do dua on Kafir. Yeah, to, to make them lose the, the battle, to make them die, to uh, stop them from hurting Muslims, to make them weak. Okay. Make dua Allah Ma'alik Yahud and Nasara. Yeah, make dua on Kafir. No problem. Make dua, but don't make dua on a Muslim. To come to a Muslim and say, Allah, make him very poor. Why? This is your brothers in Islam. So we should not do make dua on him. Make dua from Allah Mahdi. And you will gain ajr for him and for yourself. But for Kafirina, bro, yes. What are the best ways you can do for our sick parents? For sick parents, make dua. That's major case. Make dua, make dua on them. Make, if they are close to you, go back and forth, keep on in their service. Try to be there with them, whether they are in here or anywhere else. Be under their feet. Stay there, in their feet. What they want, just directly do it to them. Because this is one of the doors to Jannah. Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us, uh, he asked, uh, the, the, asked one of the Sahaba, is your mother alive? He said, yes. He said, stay on her, يعني, beside her feet. Jannah is there. Jannah is there where? Beside the feet? No. But that's the, a mental meaning that if you stay beside her feet, then you will guarantee Jannah, inshaAllah. So the parents, you should always do your best, not only to make dua to them, to only, not only to give money, not only to take care of them, but also be with them as much as you can. Especially the ones, yes. If you can go, don't stay. Leave dunya later on. Dunya will come to you, don't worry. Keep on with Especially if they are sick, old and sick, they need you, be with them. That's better than anything else. <coughs> Uh, an example that one of the Sahaba was going for jihad. So Muhammad asked him, Did you, do you have parents? He said, Yes, I have a mother. And I left her crying because I'm going to jihad. He said, Go back to your mother, make her laugh instead of crying as you make her crying, and don't go to jihad. Although jihad, as you know, important in Islam. But he told him to go back and stay with his mother and make her laugh instead of crying or weeping. What's that? How did he know that there is a jinn there? <laughs> Maybe they are talking to them? <laughs> no, you, you don't worry about it. You just go and say Bismillah, recite Quran and you don't worry about it. Buy the land and no problem, inshallah. No problem. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, right. What are the best things a Muslim has to do in his own life? What are the deeds are best? Especially, يعني, do what Allah told you to do, especially like Tawheed, monotheism, first of all. يعني, make sure that you are uh, following La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. This is the first pillar of Islam. That's the most important one. Then go to Salah. 
then zakah has some zakah. Then you go more, you can go to jihad, cases that you pay more money, your, your soul for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, jihad where in the Kafirin land, not in Muslim land by the way, and this is a very important point. Then. Jihad against the Kafirin, not against Muslims. Unfortunately, as we see that some Muslims are fighting with others and they say this is jihad. We have to be careful, we cannot really say it is easy. But against the Kafirin, who are killing Muslims, like in Afghanistan, like in Iraq, like in Shishan, like in Kashmir, like in Philippines, this is jihad. Against Kafirin. You fight Kafirin, this is of course the best. That's why Muhammad told him that the sub, sub of Islam. Zerwat tsunami is jihad. Zerwat tsunami means, you know, the camel. The camel has the, the, the hood. Is it the hood? Hum. Yes, thank you. The hum of the camel. It's the highest of the camel. That's like jihad. Jihad is the highest point of Islam. If you can make jihad, yes, go ahead. That's the best. If you are not capable for any reason, like us, we give some excuse for ourselves. One star. Yes, brother. How many times of salat are on Ramadan? No number. No number. Go ahead. Do it. As much as you can. And if you make one salat on Muhammad Sallallahu Allah will make two for you. Yalla. Make your account as much as you can. But no numbers. There is no number to say. Be careful, your brothers. Any ibadah, worshipping. Given with numbers, you have to be careful. Unless it's by Muhammad Sallallahu don't take it. The Sufis, the extremist Sufis, they do this. They will say, they send you a mobile SMS, they say, if you do this 55 times, then Allah will give you this. If you don't do it, if you do it 54 times, then you will be in trouble. Ishad, from where is this? Like some people, they tell me in India, most of you are from India, of course. They say when they, mix, they put the person in the, in the grave, they go 41 steps behind, and they start to make dua. From where is this? Did Muhammad say, 40, say 41 steps back? From where is this? They say, no, no, because yani, angels will be in the 40 areas, 40, so we so have to go one more. Did Muhammad say this? He told us to make dua for the dead person. No need for 41 steps, no need for 40 times uh, Surah Yasin. No ibadah, no worshiping to be done unless there is an evidence of Quran or Sunnah. Otherwise, don't do it. Okay, do each one of them as much as you can. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, ala Muhammad, Allahumma salli wa sallam ala Muhammad. Do it as much as you can. Well, how, how do you do it? When you do it? How much you do it? Do do it. Allah is more generous than that.